0: So I think you know what question I'm going to ask you. But I'm just going to go ahead with it. What item, if you have kept any items from X's, would you donate
1: to the Broken Hearts Gallery? I don't want to donate my items. (laughs) I like to keep them. I want to keep them.
0: Are you saying that you are like the protagonist of this movie? You like to keep things?
1: No, I just, I have... I think I just have like two things. <laughs> I don't have a lot, but it's like yeah, I kept them, they 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 traveled with me from move to move. And why would I get rid of it now? No. No, 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 no. I'm keeping my stuff. How about you? <laughs>
0: I'm, I mean sometimes I'm more like the the other one, the guy. I I have less trouble letting go of things. But uh, if to lead into a very touching movie and a very touching subject, I think I would donate this jar of sand from the beach that my ex and I went to on a date. He put it in a jar with a message in it, like a message in a bottle because for one of the gifts he gave me, He gave me a scavenger hunt as a gift. And one of the clues was hidden in this bottle with the sand and the message. And I did end up keeping that bottle of sand for a pretty long time. I think eventually I got over it and I just threw it away. But (laughs) I think it would look spectacular in the Broken Hearts Gallery.
1: Yeah, I have a little thing that's like a little index card that's got a tiny little, very cute little painting that's just like two stick figures standing next to each other, and it's it's like on a sunny day, and that's, on an index card. Yeah,
0: I love that, and that's your ex item.
1: Yeah, your X but artifact. I'm, but I'm not donating it. <laughs> I'm keeping it. I don't know where it is. It's in it's in a book. Somewhere, it's in one of my books. That, like, when I open it, I'll go like, "Oh yeah, this thing." Aww, and then I'll I'll put it back away.
0: Aww, that's so sweet. Well, let's get into it. This is Necromancer. Necromancer. I'm Shira, and I'm a fan of rom-coms.
1: I'm Brett, and I'm a fan of horror movies.
0: You know, just for the record, what do we do each week, Brett?
1: Uh, Well, each week we pick a movie, you pick a rom-com, I pick a horror, we watch those movies, we review those movies, and then we remix the movie. We pitch the rom-com as a horror, and the horror as a rom-com.
0: That's right. And this week, we are continuing the topic of breakups. Last week, we got right into the thick of it with The Possession. Highly recommend giving it a try if you've ever seen this weird and wonderful movie. Uh, but this week, we're, we're onto the rom-com half, which is sweet and fun and endearing. And I'm so excited to discuss this movie with you.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that you picked it. It was a good one to pick. Why did you pick it?
0: Oh, well, that's a great question, Brett. (laughs) Uh, The reason I picked it was because I was looking for movies to watch and specifically because I am a rom-com fan I was like let's find some movies that are about friends that get into a relationship like you know I love belligerent sexual tension and enemies to romance plot and lines but there can be something very comforting in a friends to lovers romance and so I stumbled upon this on shout out to letterboxd Uh, and the reviews were pretty favorable and I saw it came out in 2020, but the thing that made me really want to pick it is the whole concept of the broken hearts gallery, because in real life, there is a museum called the museum of broken relationships. Uh, I think there's a location in Los Angeles and one in London, and it is a fascinating place. And some of the things they, Show in the movie, like the cast or the note that says, I'm right here. I've actually seen these things in person, like the items that they're based on. So, this is a real place. Like, so if you are a person hearing about this for the first time, know that there is an actual place where you can donate your emotional items, whether that's from a lover relationship or there were also some really heartbreaking items that were you know, mothers or, you know, parents to children and things like that, not just, you know, romantic relationships. And the movie exploits that part of it too. So I was Mm -hmm. really excited to see how is this rom com gonna take a real life concept that, you know, I've already been exposed to and I have, you know, an affinity for how are they going to do this as a rom-com? How are they going to build a narrative around it? And, you know, me being the snobby intellectual that I am, I thought, you know, oh, well, they couldn't possibly deliver a satisfying premise on, on a museum gallery concept uh, that doesn't have, it has many stories attached to it. So I, you know, I came in actually pretty skeptical, but I'm also a big fan of Geraldine Viswanathan uh and i think she's just such a funny actress and i i love her in everything i've seen her in so i i was excited for those reasons
1: yeah um yeah i i don't know if i've ever seen her in anything but i thought she was great in this movie (laughs)
0: Yeah, she was in a movie called Blockers, where uh, it's her and a group of teenage girls on prom night, and their parents are following them to make sure they're okay. I think, um, I think Leslie. I, I'm trying to remember who else is in it, but it's. It, I think yeah, John, Cena, John Cena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah John yeah, Cena yeah, yeah. is I did in see it. That movie. Uh, so she was one of the teenagers in that movie, uh, right. and then uh, she's also in a show, Miracle Workers, which I will just go ahead and say I'm going to recommend at the end, but uh, <laughs> I have thought that she's been really funny in everything I've seen her in. You know, I'm a huge fan of Anna Faris. I feel like... Mm-hmm. Geraldine is giving me Anna Faris vibes.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought she was like, yeah, the perfect kind of... She's kind of like a a cookie-cutter rom-com character, but she's got that Anna Faris X-Factor of, like, very expressive, wonderful eyes, quirky and energetic and peppy. And, yeah, so I, I thought, like immediately i was like all right even if this movie isn't for me like at least i'm gonna have a fun time with it
0: i would say that like i said to you before i picked the movie this is one of the most millennial rom-coms i've ever seen like it is very much a movie of its time and i imagine 10 years from 2020 you could watch this movie and be like, "Haha, weren't the 2020s so ridiculous? The early 2000s because it just it feels so much of its time and its attitude, its politics. everything about this movie just feels millennial.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, but that also, it, I think that's it, part it,
0: of its charm, but yeah, some people did, are not going to no. uh, not going to enjoy that yeah this is not a movie for boomers
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah when i hear that this is a that's i think how you pitched it to me right is like this is a millennial rom-com i was like it it does have a little eye rolling groaning quality to hearing that but no like right away i was like oh all right yeah this is this is a cute movie (laughs)
0: But you understood what I meant when I said it was millennial. Not not only that it's like people within that particular age range, but the way that they approach romance and friendship and yeah. interest and things like that feels just very, I mean, I am a millennial. It feels of my generation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of cool stuff that just took normal rom-com cliches and just kind of turned it on its head or yeah yeah yeah
0: i'm i'm very glad that you enjoyed the experience all right let's get into it tell us the story
1: okay so normally we go on to wikipedia and read that little plot description But it's wikipedia, too fresh and too indie yeah something about because there's fresher movies out there that have plot breakdowns on You should Wiki. upload your breakdown.
0: You could oh, be the right. Wikipedia for this
1: movie. You're right. But the premise on Wiki is after a breakup, a young woman decides to start a gallery where people can leave trinkets from past relationships. And in the process finds her happily ever after. Oh, uh, yeah, but here, we it go. really
0: undersells how cute this movie is.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, But I mean, also, how else are you going to describe it? So we start out and we meet the three sort of main characters. We meet Lucy, who's our main, main character. And then we meet Amanda and Nadine, who are her two friends. And we get the sense that um, Lucy's just been through a breakup. And so she's... She's reminiscing over her her relationship and talking about these items that she has, and she's like, "Oh, I only have this one thing from our relationship." And then they're like, "What about this?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, and this." And like, "What about this?" She's like, "Oh yeah." She and had this. his
0: retainer, which I yeah. thought was a nice bit. Like they they immediately give you some you know some hijinks with the oh look at all these items.
1: Yeah, it's. It's very silly. Like, they, like you're, you're right. They're immediately having fun with the premise. Um, the items are goofy. The items are silly. And then it's kind of like everything in her apartment is essentially a trinket from so, not even just a relationship, but just a moment in life.
0: It's a shrine to the past.
1: Yes. And I did like, though, like, again this character because we can break down some of the character stuff later but like i i feel like there's a a certain type of guy who would probably watch this movie and just be infinitely annoyed by this character (laughs) Um, so
0: that's another thing i was wondering i took a risk because usually twee characters like any anything within just a Anything within a mile of a manic pixie dream girl is a huge turn off for Brett. For l- new listeners to this podcast, Brett, I think, still has a grudge against Amelie.
1: Oh yeah, I <laughs> I hate Amelie so much. <laughs> but she she like compares herself to Little Mermaid, and I thought that that was like okay all right, yeah, your character is very weird and I don't relate to the fact that you need to treasure onto every little thing, but I've seen Little Mermaid. Yeah, she likes to hold on to trinkets. Like, okay, sure. Um, And then she, like, it's alluded that she steals her ex-boyfriend's car to take it on a joyride and then essentially it's 12, it's like 12 hours later and then it, it, uh. it cuts to her crying and her big gallery thing has gone wrong. And then she barges into someone else's car. And so right. like- It's
0: a meat it's a meat disaster. Like it's not yeah. a meat cute. It's my favorite kind of meat cute, which is a meat disaster where it's just so wrong, but it works. So yeah. yeah, she gets into a car thinking that it's her Uber, which again, something that- as modern people, we contemplate, like, we're not taking taxis, we're taking Ubers, and she's making a joke about how she wanted no talking, but then yeah. she's the one who starts talking.
1: Yeah, yeah, she didn't want him to talk, she wanted to be the one to talk. She's very selfish in this moment, but she just had a very, very bad night. Um And so, and I did like the joke about the personal driver or the personal car. And she's like, yeah, you're everybody's personal driver. So like, yeah, you have to, sometimes you have to force something to make the movie be an entertaining movie. But also like, as long as you're having fun with it, like, all right, yeah, she barges into a car. It, we're having okay, fun. Okay, is it
0: that unbelievable that someone would get into the wrong car and think it's an Uber? Like, obviously, in real life, she would realize a lot quicker that she got into the wrong car, and right, and that it. But it it still feels somewhat. It's somewhat tethered to reality, but I also think that yes, it is a gimmick to get what I think is a really fun sequence, which is we have the new guy commenting on the big breakup with the old guy. And you like to say all the time that rom-coms aren't necessarily cinematic in the way that maybe horror movies are cinematic, but this is definitely the kind of sequence that you could only get in a film, where we've got that back and forth voiceover as they're commenting on the event. And I just, I love some of the things he says, like um, just the way, the way that uh, Max, her ex-boyfriend says to her, Oh, you make me look good. Yeah. And then he gets to chime in and say, "Uh, wait, that's not a compliment.
1: Right. Um. Yeah. So I was kind of worried when they did the flashback. Cause I thought it was kind of cool that they just glazed, uh, over that. But then we get the flashback, and we see that uh, Lucy is running the show for her boyfriend, Max, who is having a show put on at the Emma Wolf Gallery. And Emma Wolf is like the highest tiered character of the art world in this movie.
0: It's Bernadette Peters, so she's just she's just the queen.
1: What else is she in? Well,
0: she's a famous. She's famous um, not just for her film acting, but she's a, she like you know like Bette Midler or Barbara Streisand. She's kind of a diva. She's a she's a Broadway star.
1: Gotcha. She sings. Um, uh, so, so yeah, her her. She, she's in charge of essentially running her boyfriend's gallery. Right. And then, um, we, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I skipped a whole bunch of stuff, but that's all right. Yeah. We, we sk- I skipped a bunch of the, the pre-setup stuff, which is, yeah, we set up Emma Wolf. We set up her friends. Um, we, we find out that one of them is going to be a lawyer. She's got a boyfriend, Jeff,
0: who doesn't talk. doesn't
1: talk. The other girl is a model. And I thought it was really weird and in your face how, like, this one scene starts with these two ladies kissing. And then the camera just pulls out to, like, show our main character. And I was like, that was unnecessary. But then it turns out that that lady was her friend. And I was like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. Like, yeah, she's... Yeah, but I just thought it was because I didn't recognize her. Or no, she's
0: not a hoe. She's a player. She she's she's a a model and and she's just racking up, racking up points with uh, (laughs) all these other women. And yeah, she's the uh, she's the player of the group, the lovable player.
1: And then there's the omen of disaster, which is the conversation about exclusivity. That is never a good sign. Uh, in a rom-com <laughs> uh, well usually
0: when a girl is preparing for something big with her boyfriend at the beginning of the movie it's always going to pre- precipitate a breakup and right. then also it's called the broken hearts gallery so it it's just super clear right from the get-go that this is going to go south and uh, I do think that they make Max into a fun Bellamy and not, too, not yeah. just, not just in this moment, but later too. I, I really, I really enjoyed that. But yeah, I liked, <laughs> I like just going back to one of those earlier moments when, um, what is it? Amanda says about Jeff who doesn't talk he really comes alive when we make love. It's just, there's, there's lots of funny little throwaway lines about Jeff that are,
1: are pretty funny.
0: Uh, And I, I kind of feel like Doug and I have an Amanda and Jeff dynamic.
1: (laughs) I could see that. Uh, And so then we, you so yeah, we cut back to the big night and, um, Lucy is getting ready for the the event. She's at the event. She's having a few drinks to calm her nerves. And then she sees that her boyfriend, Max, is with this other lady. And then she kind of freaks out a little bit. And then she is in charge of introducing her boyfriend. So she has one more drink, a.k.a. three more drinks. And then she goes up on stage. And then she sees her boyfriend actually actively like flirting. So there's no mistaken. Maybe I was just thinking the wrong thing. And so then she, she does, she grabs the mic and she's like, fuck this. And she goes off on a rant. It goes viral. It's super crazy. Um, But yeah, essentially they break up. She goes in the Uber.
0: Oh, but the way he breaks up with her is so crushing because he says, You're a blast, which, you know, it's it's one thing to to break up with someone and say, oh, well, I don't think we're compatible. And, you know, I it's not you, it's me. But to just be like, I just wanted to have someone to have fun with. You're really fun, but I'm not going to take this seriously. It it crushes you in a different way. I've been there.
1: I. I guess I didn't have that kind of bad taste reaction to that line i thought that line was actually kind of nice where it's like i don't hear that word often like a blast like i thought because i don't think in my mind that he was just treating her like a fun time but it's very clear throughout the course of the movie that like, I think in that moment, it was a genuine compliment. But yes, throughout the course of the movie, it becomes clear that he's essentially like a leech who just is trying to connect himself to anyone that will get him more popularity or connected in the art world.
0: Or clout, as we say yeah. in these times. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, she blows it, she gets dumped, she gets fired, ends up in the not-Uber with our cute guy.
1: Yeah. So then he kind of, he just like, he gets it. He tell, he can tell he, she, that she's having a rough night. He's having a rough night, which she glazes over. Um, But then, you know, we get to the end. She realizes that he's not the Uber driver. And then she freaks out a little bit, but he's like, eh. And then she's like, eh. And then they, they split up and I'm sure they'll never meet again. Oh, Uh, no, they couldn't
0: possibly.
1: (laughs) And so what I did like, too, was the breakup thing where she says, like, I got dumped and I got fired. And so then immediately her friends spring into action. And of course, like Jeff, what does Jeff do? He just immediately exits the room and separates himself which is like yeah sometimes that's the best thing you can do Is like, right you don't need to intervene
0: yeah. the The best thing you can do to help is nothing just get out of the way I liked right. that too uh, <laughs> I thought that was a very I thought that was a very cool montage I, I also liked the joke later about her vibrator she says my vibrator will never break my heart <laughs> and then I think her friend says no one is supposed to climax that much just ask Jeff which <laughs> I was a really funny not line, too. Uh,
1: but yeah, this is the part where she has to get her life together. And so...
0: Oh, one more line. I'm sorry, that was funny. Yeah. was when they they mentioned Marie Kondo, right? right they're like, right. oh, Marie Kondo. And she says, we do not speak of her in this house.
1: Yeah, that would make sense. Especially coming from that character who does not like throwing stuff away. Um, yeah there's lots of great little character jokes yeah and so she tries to in this moment she tries to get rid of her stuff but it's a failed attempt because she she at first she tries to give it back to the people that she was with which is kind of funny right because the one ex-boyfriend is like hey I've got a few things, yeah, and even a few things from our relationship, but you collect stuff compulsively from every second of every day. And so again. Yeah, he calls her out. Yeah, like again, like this is, she's not a real character. She's an exaggerated version of a real, or she's not a real person. She's an exaggerated character of a real person. And this she's movie. She's a
0: monster.
1: This movie is going to document her journey and growth as a person as she finds love. So like, yeah, she's got to have some annoying traits and she's got to have some flawed traits so that she can be a main character and and grow. Like I think you said before, right? Like sometimes there's this idea that. Rom-coms need to like sanitize their female main characters to the point where they're just absolutely perfect, but she's not, she's a flawed, weird person.
0: Yes. I'm very much in favor of female characters that make mistakes. And in Lucy's case, big mistakes that cost her, her relationship, her job, everything. Uh, and she you know has to reckon with that and i feel like ultimately what's more human right a a sugary perfect girl who deserves everything or one who has to grow as a person to get what she needs in life i i definitely think that that this movie sets that up in a way that's just it's fun it's fun to watch
1: yeah and the movie's funny because then she goes to like a what do you call it a secondhand store a thrift store and she's like here's all this stuff and they're like this is just junk and then she's like that's junk they're like no that's from my mom she's like oh so you get it and then she's like no it's just junk she's like fine all right. and then i love the part when the lady's like are we done here she's like no can i have a job application <laughs> <laughs> that i that is very relatable yeah <laughs> um, right right but Again, then, another
0: millennial thing, just that job hustle, the job hunt hustle. Right. I like that she's just dragging that bag, the garbage, the garbage bag, bag with her.
1: Um, so yeah, she's dragging the garbage bag around the city. Meanwhile, we cut to Nick and let me quickly look up what's his friend's name? Marcos. Marcos, that's right. So we cut to Nick and his friend Marcos and they're talking about his money problems. And they're at a bar or they're at a restaurant and he shows the bartender the eviction notice. And so clearly things are not going very well for Nick. Uh, And then outside, Lucy just happens to see Max with the lady. The sexy doctor. Go, right. And they go into the restaurant. So what does she do? She tries to get into the restaurant. She manages to slip past the um the hostess and like
0: their exchange too that was a funny bit
1: it's very funny um and then before she is able to confront max nick nick essentially kind of like tackle drags her out of the restaurant and he
0: clotheslined her
1: (laughs) (laughs) right and she's very offended by that at first But um, then he's like, listen, I saved you from making a fool of yourself in this restaurant. I think what you're trying to say is thank you. And then he's like, all right, see you around. And he starts to leave. And she's like, wait, you're just going to leave me here. And then we get the funny moment of the lady intervening and and chasing him down with her bag thinking that he hit her it's very oh funny. that it's was very so
0: <laughs> oh that was so great especially when she says being a woman is like being yeah. in one of those nobody believes me movies <laughs>
1: It was, it was very funny. Not today. (laughs) Not
0: Um, today. Yeah. Oh, what a, what a great, you know, that's one of the things that I think the best rom-coms do great world building where it's not just zoned in on the main couple. You've got hijinks and characters and episodes.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's the thing that we talked about for, um, for 10 things I hate about you, which is like, yeah, it's nice to have a button on the beginning and end of a scene um, on either both the beginning or end, but at least one of them. Cause yeah, in that moment she gets dragged out of the restaurant. They have a little exchange. And then instead of just cutting to the next thing, we get just a tiny little bit of comedy in our rom-com to, uh to help transition the scenes. But they end up going back to his, uh, Workplace, which is uh, an abandoned YMCA factory that he is converting into a hotel.
0: Again, the most millennial hotel idea ever. Like, oh, we're going to take this abandoned YMCA and turn it into a boutique Brooklyn hotel.
1: Yeah. Did I say YMCA factory?
0: You did say factory, but I <laughs> I, I would know. like it'd be crazy if they had factories for YMCA. Is that where the yeah. village people came from? <laughs> uh,
1: like a flash dance YMCA music video. Uh, I don't. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it it's almost groan-inducing how dumb and cliche and stupid his idea of like I want to create. The real New York—that's based off of all the memories that I love. But he's a foil for our main character, so you know what—he gets a pass. Good it's compa-
0: like they have very compatible vibes. Yeah. He also is somebody who values memories and things like that, and and he likes old. He likes taking old things and making them new again, or making them fresh and exciting. So. Uh, But he clearly heard uh, George Clooney's backpack speech uh, from up in the air because unlike her, he doesn't need to take his possessions with him. Yeah, Everything he has can fit in a backpack.
1: That's right. The zombie apocalypse comes, boom. Grab your go bag and you're out. Uh, But then we get the moment. So like about 20, 25 minutes into this movie... The broken heart gallery is a thing. It's starting. Like I like that it's not just the big event at the end. It's the broken heart gallery is the story. It's the story of the gallery. So that's I liked cool. that too. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, she she puts a tie up on the wall, and then she's feeling inspired. So she grabs. A, she has a marker. She writes on the wall, and it's very. It's very art installation, which is not my scene, but it's it's a cool moment to show. the it's very you're right. It's a cinematic moment. And so then she's very insecure about the security of the building, which I can relate to as like an artist of like, wait, no one's going to like steal my thing. Right. <laughs> like, this is my like, this is my thing. This is special. Mm-hmm. like, I feel really good about this right now. Like, I don't want anyone to take it. And he's like, no, no one's going to steal your thing um but then he meets up with her right he tracks her down somehow i'm assuming well they he change.
0: already knew where she lived oh, because right, he right, dropped right, her off and i like the they have this exchange where he comes to see her she's moping of course and he says your roommates let me in and she says those bitches
1: yeah <laughs> uh and so he takes her back and he's like look this map appeared out of nowhere. And the map is like, we were supposed to go on a road trip, but he left me. I'm sad. Here's the dates or whatever. And then she's like, who did this? And he's like, I don't know. Maybe one of the construction workers. All right. Maybe. <laughs> All right. And so then. It's cute though. It it, you're is right. Cute. It just, it starts it right away. And so then we, and again, we get a montage of the foundation of the gallery being started. And so we've got the, the drop off and up until now we've gotten little clips, one or two little clips of these videos of people talking about the items that are part of their heartbreaks. But um, as part of the montage, we get this thing about whether Lucy should be dating Nick or not. Of course there's pressure from the, uh, from her friends to do but so. But they're just
0: having a they're having a good time. I also I really like her whole dynamic with Marcos, like when yes, they're talking yeah. about uh Nick's tummy and she says, "Oh, tell me more about his tummy." And Nick says, "There is no tummy." It's just I don't know, it's very funny when people say the word tummy. And this movie exploited that very well. Uh, I I also liked it when he says to uh, Nick, he says, oh, show me those blushy cheeks. Yeah. Uh, They just they have this very cute dynamic as they're going through the building process. And and I like that, that they have this whole exchange where he's going to let her host the gallery while she being a very resourceful New Yorker is going to help him build his hotel on a budget with, you know, scrap stuff.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, and then people start dropping off their items and they donate a little bit of money, which I like because she's like, look, we're making money. And it's like, yeah, you're making $5 at a time. But no, money is money. She's making money. It's cool. And then we see the origin of the video, which I thought was a very clever thing like it was part of the construction backdrop which was cool that it wasn't like planned it was it you know this heart this broken heart gallery is taking on a life of its own so it's really cool um but then we have the moment where i i don't know how they get there but the the thing is getting a little bit more popular nick and lucy are walking through the the place and then she realizes he he mentions to her like hey i don't have an interior designer wasn't that marcos's job or no was he just a construction no he's 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 with the construction he's okay i don't know he's the contractor so then she's like wait a minute i can be an interior designer i love the joke of an interior designer is just another word for curator or the other way around i don't know Um, but they, they take this really gross couch off the street and then they're dragging, they're carrying it through New York. They take a rest. And then she's like, tell me about your life story. And then he tells her about what, what does he tell her about? He tells her about his grandma, his grandma. Um, she liked Football and boxing. Turns out she was a bookie. She left a whole bunch of money under her mattress. That's the startup money that he used to invest in the hotel. And she automatically assumes, oh, that must be Chloe, who you named your hotel after. So,
0: also that's not a very millennial concept there. to name your hotel after a lady's name. Right. I feel like I have seen a, more than a few, like
1: Hotel Amelia. <laughs> So here, then they start bantering back and forth. And Nick has a line where he says, I barely called you a hoarder today while they're at like a bookstore or something. Now, mm-hmm. not to be nick picky, but he did say compliments should not, like, you know what I mean? He's complimenting himself there when originally he was talking about how her boyfriend was a bad Ooh, complimenter. I'm just saying hypocritical. But- <laughs> Also, it's clear. The dynamic is clear. They're very cute together. They're very fun together. She sees Nick leaves. She sees Max in the bookstore buying a book. Max leaves, accidentally leaves his iPod charging, uh, AirPod charging case behind. She grabs it and says, oh, I know him. Chases him down through the city. Has enough time to sign that little thing because all she needed was a signature. I thought that was very funny. Um, Yeah, she
0: cares about Planned Parenthood.
1: Yeah, and so then she meets up with Max, who's with the, the sexy doctor lady, and then Nick comes to save her and is like, hey, I'm your assistant, here's your coffee. And then they kind of bluff their way into this situation where they're like, oh, we've actually got a big thing going on with this famous guy, and then Max gets jealous. Um. And then and eventually it
0: comes true like they get profiled later but still right. yeah i, I like that bit of it. yeah. in, it, it's kind of it reminds me a little bit of how liza minnelli and Dudley moore are in arthur where they yeah. just immediately get how to play off of each other
1: right yeah it's i i love that yeah i love when two characters can can feed off of each other like that um then he goes to show her the sign that he made, the on media Reyes sign and Oh.
0: Um,
1: yeah, little... I did
0: like that little uh the little neon shop scene and the it running was a joke. Weird. <laughs> I ahead. like the running joke where she says, uh, "Oh, so this is where you're going to kill me."
1: Right. <laughs> um so he shows her the sign and then they go back to the hotel and it's time for him to go meet with the bank because he's out of money he's on his last dime he needs a loan from the bank it's now or never and then she tells a very sad story right before they go to the bank and they're like why would you do this to us Um,
0: oh gosh the champagne
1: champagne yeah
0: oh that was i i wanted to ask you which of the um which of the broken heart gallery items got you the most that one might be it for me
1: yeah, I don't think any of the other ones are really fleshed out in any way. Like, I don't know if any of them would get to me. A lot of them were very jokey or gimmicky, but that one. Yeah, that was a sad one. Uh, but then, yeah,
0: oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: We, <laughs> no, then we get more montage, which is great. We see the the Heartbreak Gallery becoming even more famous. Yeah. Um, We go to Anna's birthday. She's very obsessed with her birthday. She has a whole birthday week. but it's Murder
0: karaoke. I I also like that joke. It's like, oh, you're not the queen of England or whatever she said.
1: Yeah, you can't just command multiple days for festivities. Uh, So, yeah, but also like it's not an annoying thing. Like sometimes when characters are super crazy about their birthday, like it can be a really annoying character gimmick. But for her, it's like, yeah, she's just goofing with her friends. Um, then they're featured in a magazine. They show that at the party. Right. And then we also meet Marcos's wife, who's pregnant with the baby. And then how do you like her costume? Talk about really
0: where uh, horror and roman- romantic comedies intersect. the uh, The murder karaoke party, I feel like, is very our podcast. <laughs>
1: Uh, definitely. And then I also liked how Marcos's wife asks him, if I died, which of my friends would you marry or get together with or whatever? And then he gives her a name and she's like, really? And he's like, Oh, I'm just kidding. And then she's like, no, actually I think that's a good fit. I approve. Mm-hmm. And that reminded me of friends with kids, which is like a movie where they constantly are talking about death in scenarios and would you rather die by fire or drowning but the difference is that movie's really cynical and all the characters are really mean to each other <laughs> but this movie has a very lighthearted approach to breaking up like we have a husband and wife asking who would you get together with if i died and they're like joking about it in a very fun way that's not cynical so like this, this is the movie that Friends with Kids should have been. I'll never drop that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, there I, there isn't anything there that I disagree with. I, you know, I did look up though during this scene, uh, there's the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which often is satirizes romantic comedies and they, it's worth looking up Uh, If you don't care about spoilers, but they did an entire song called gratuitous karaoke scene (laughs) where the two characters singing reenact the situation of a gratuitous karaoke scene in a rom-com where they're, they eat, they say what they're doing like, Oh, we're singing out of tune, but it's really cute because you can see how we're becoming more intimate. It's just, uh, it's such a cliche. But this movie does it in a way that just fits in perfectly. Oh, well, it's a gratuitous karaoke scene, but it's a gratuitous karaoke scene at a true crime murder karaoke theme party. And the song that they're playing is directly related to the whole concept of the movie, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. It just, it slides in there so perfectly that you can't be mad that they are using just such a common trope
1: yeah and i mean yeah at this point this is like halfway into the movie or so so yeah at this point you've got to be on board with the with the premise and the the humor and stuff Uh, right lucy goes home with her friends and they meet max max is sitting on the doorstep the friends are very great in how they are protective of Lucy. They, they sit by him and give him the, you know, they, they intimidate him until Lucy's like, all right, I got it from here guys, but thank you. Like, yes, they establish that she is the, the high status figure in this scene. And they're very
0: fierce in the way that best friends are among women that I just, I feel is true to my experience of friendship and it's fun to watch.
1: Yeah. And so then she talks to Max who is like, Oh, we, me and the sexy doctor lady broke up and I really miss you. And then Nick shows up and they're like, who are you guy? And they're like, who are you guy? And so don't then- call me
0: guy guy. Yeah.
1: And so then, It's left with a little bit of like, ooh, who's going to win her heart? You know, who's she going to end up with? I wonder. Um, It turns out in the next scene, we find out that Nick did not get his loan, which means the Heartbreak Gallery is no more. It has no home. However, Lucy, being true to character, is not going to give up on it very easily. So she takes it and makes it kind of like, a traveling exhibit that's on a single blanket. So essentially she just looks like a crazy homeless person who's got a bunch of trinkets on the street in New York.
0: I feel like that montage is meant to show how much those characters need each other because the broken hearts gallery as a space works the best in the hotel. And right. she passes up every opportunity, or well, she tries to do it elsewhere, but um, you know, later when she does have the opportunity to do it in a real gallery space, she still wants to have it at the hotel because
1: it feels right. And so there. then,
0: Max, they belong ends up together. Her the an gallery and the hotel belong together, it's a metaphor.
1: <laughs> so he's he does something good for her, he does something nice for her. And then I did like the part, though, where where Wolf is like, hey, I, uh, I'm going to give you a shot. And then he's like, mm-hmm. I'll be here to guide you every step of the way. And she's like, no, that's not necessary. Like, I don't need you from here. Like, no. Uh, and so then they... <laughs> uh, <laughs> he gives her a compliment. And it's a great, again, great cinematic scene where they're like... They're in this doorway, so they're kind of within a frame within a frame, and the rest of the frame is kind of blocked out by this, um, I don't know, what like a frosted sliding door. And so then the two characters are in the frame within a frame. He gives her a compliment that's actually a self-compliment for him. Which makes her remember her car ride with Nick and like, oh, wait, that sounds like a scummy thing to do. And then he leaves. And then she's just in this small, tight frame within a frame as the rest of the frame is filled with this like f- frosty door thing. So it like isolates her in a way that's really cool. So what does she do? She goes to her friend, the lesbian model, to find out how do you break up with a woman or how do you break up with someone? And so then the friend is like, oh, I got you. I got you. And she gives, she breaks up with Lucy and she does it in the most funny, sensual, heartfelt, like we were, we were on a a trip and you were my home, (laughs) but now it's time for me to move on. But thank you for being my home. And then she gives her a kiss. And then Lucy is like, it's very, um. Uh, Kristen Bell from The Good Place where she's like she's not a lesbian or even really bi in this in this movie but she's like but she leans into the moment she's like yeah my friend is hot and she's gonna give me a kiss in this moment and yeah I'm gonna share that kiss but she leans into the moment really impressed and wooed by the breakup because she is a woman and that is how a woman would probably like to be broken up with and the other girl is a lesbian. So she knows how to break up with a woman, but then she immediately says, but yeah, I'm not doing that because <laughs> that, that wouldn't work on a guy. <laughs> not like max anyway.
0: Yeah. That's not going to work. Right. <laughs> I feel like you could right. do that to
1: a guy uh, and he and so would just then say, they move on. So there's to, a chance, uh, the show. So the we're going to get back We've together. Right. <laughs> stuff there. Right. We, um, she goes back to Nick and says, Hey, Nick, I'm going to have this gallery at your hotel because somehow he got this, of uh, this amount of money. That was just like the perfect amount of money to, to keep his hotel going. That's weird. It's a little bit. It's a
0: a little bit private Machina, donor a little bit out of nowhere. intervened. I'm sure no one
1: did that in secret. I'm sure a... mysterious
0: was just a... private donor. <laughs> no.
1: Well, no, but... Uh, so then yeah, we get the monsters no, versus no humans. No reveals or monsters planned
0: for that scene. mysterious money uh, that thing about... appeared out of nowhere.
1: Or, Yeah, well, we do get another oh, montage. Wait, they set up the uh Wait, isn't thats that, is the that
0: before or we after? The monsters the... and human the... scenes, which is where oh, she wait, drops no, that's the before. thing of, like, no one
1: tells you an adult is just walking around feeling like a fraud all the time, which is, like, yeah, that's a very millennial, very relatable, and I love the thing about, like, what does Congress do? Like, you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I don't know what Congress very does. Very millennial thought. I'm saying thought. that because I'll, I'll mention it in my my love bite later, but I'll 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 come back to it. Then we have the scene where we meet Lucy's mom. And Lucy's mom has Alzheimer's. And so now we get the insight. This character up until now has been treasuring every little moment of every little day of every little relationship. And she's never told anyone why. Now she's taking Nick in for this very personal moment to meet her mom who has Alzheimer's. And this scene, again, is super cliche and formulaic, but it's just so tasteful and well done that, like, there was no cynicism in me when I was watching this scene. Yeah,
0: It works. It works. And of course, it comes back to the family relationship. The mom is the first breakup. And I was really glad that they incorporated that concept because, again, to me, some of the most... Yeah, Heart wrenching uh, items in the museum yeah, of broken relationships. So the real place good had to do with family, and, and then not because they shared a very intimate moment. They go back breakup. to his
1: place, and he's got this like super secret hiding spot that's in a locker, and it's like, yeah, and s-
0: he's got a little speakeasy. He's got a little speakeasy, which again, so it's millennial. So awesome. I love speakeasies put a bar behind a back door in a barber shop. Uh, And I'm there.
1: And then we go to the next day and like, it's the big scene for the big, go ahead. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, I just, can we talk about their pillow talk? Because I just loved this dialogue where yeah. she's like, oh, well, we just had sex, but we're friends. And, he, and he's very cute. And he says, well, what if we're <laughs> more than friends? And she says, well, how do we find out? And I love how he says, you know, oh, I've been racking my brains trying to come up with ideas. And I can only think of one solution. We got to do it again. It's just it's such a cute pillow talk scene. And I Especially since this being the first, or sorry, the second time that I'm watching this movie, yeah. the dialogue so really then stood then the out to day, me it's a like, lot more for how clever and, and cute and, get and get fun coffee, it was. But her
1: coffee is free because the guy that she the the guy that she visits every day for the coffee shop. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought the champagne it's the guy champagne was, guy it was a lady who had the champagne. I thought it was a
0: I that is the, also something I caught the second time around' is gay the... and
1: he's like, hey, my boyfriend broke up with me, but your your <laughs> spunky spirit and your heartbreak gallery really got me through it and it was really nice so I want to do something for you and here's a free coffee I'll be at your gallery So it was very nice. Then she goes to the gallery. And who walks out, but that weird lady from before who was like, where's Nick? He's not here. Bye. And then we get that sock puppet moment. Well, okay.
0: So it's compounded by the fact that Nick tells her to meet up with someone or to meet up, up with him somewhere. But then he doesn't show. And so she goes back to the gallery because Nick didn't show up. And so now she's wondering, okay, where the hell was he? And out walks Nick with
1: the Chloe. Hotel was named after the grandma. He does start to interrupt her and say, well, actually. And then she's like, ooh, ice cream. So they get into a big fight. (laughs) Right. Um, And so they have a fight, which is fine. Also a relatable work. ADHD right.
0: millennial moment.
1: <laughs> it's and the fight I did like though. How this is he the was point in the movie where you the know there's like maybe like, oh, really? 30 You're minutes left in this movie they're going to have to find which is a, a, an appropriate reaction. But he's like, "Hey, I'll stay away from the from the hotel tonight." It's yours. You can have it. Like, I like that he's not just in instant sabotage mode where he's like, well, find a new gallery space. He's like, no, you can have it. I'll do like, you know, it all is going to work out. So it's time for the big night. Wolf gives her the empty case, the empty ring box and is like, hey, this was an engagement ring. Yeah. Uh, and then she's like, but I sold it. And because I sold it, because I went through heartbreak, I became the person I, I am. liked her I started story. My gallery. Heartbreak makes us who we are, yada, yada, yada. So then she goes through and she purges all of her stuff. She throws out all of the trinkets. She's throwing it all out. And then in this moment, we get the Jeff is Silent Bob speech, which is where he actually says something out loud. <laughs> and uh it's a fun little moment you know you've got to you've got to make those moments count if you're going to have a character not talk throughout the whole movie the one time he does talk like yeah you got to make it count
0: i i thought it was such a funny moment mm-hmm. especially because the movie similar to you know how when harry met sally uses the interviews with the old couple this movie does interviews except its people with their exhibits for the museum. You see Jeff as if he's about to tell you this great big heartbreak story. And then it ends up being, isn't it facts about possums? Yeah. (laughs) You think he has something to say. I like that they reverse that, because usually you think, oh, the silent character, when he talks, he's going to say something meaningful that's going to be the message of the 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 movie. He's going to give you the Chasing Amy monologue or whatever. And
1: And then, no, it's just possum facts. I'm sick. And then it's revealed to us by Marcos that the money from the mysterious donor was from Wolf. As part of the as part of her deal with Lucy to make the art installation, so Lucy saved him, uh which means f- um neon light bulb sign. He's got an idea he he runs he, we got the big running moment. she's at the gallery ding ding ding. it's all right. It's a good movie.
0: oh another great line i'm sorry for keeping on interrupting you um i i I apologize but when when marco says it's like she's your knight in shining armor and you're the stupidest princess i've ever met and then we get the the next line which i think uh nick delivers really well he says i'm not a stupid princess And then he does the, he runs after her, but yeah, I just, yeah. I, I think that's so funny but to have he your mean it like main male characters say, thing I'm here. not a he stupid princess uh what a setup it's really well, he also fun. means it
1: like yeah i'm gonna make the big grand gesture because yes i do realize that we are perfect for each other and i was being i'm not stupid and i was being a little whiny baby and it was all a misunderstanding but in that moment he's like crap i gotta go make my big moment and he's like i don't have time to argue with you i'm not a stupid princess i'm gonna go i'm gonna go do the right thing uh so he runs we get the thing he's like hey i need my order i canceled it i'm canceling." <laughs> like, he's running through it's a big heart <laughs> And then he interrupts her. And I don't know if you want to take it from here because I know that you really love this moment.
0: Oh, this moment is so perfect. So. First of all, we get the whole, my mother was my first heartbreak monologue. It's very touching. Lucy is having her moment. Um, But he just bursts in there. And like you said, he interrupts her so... Normally, you know, you look at it's like, oh, what a moment, but But it's also, I feel like she's justified justified in saying, "Uh, you're being kind of rude right now. This is supposed to be my moment. moment. What are you doing?
1: Like, so to have another interruption and to have another speech go not as planned is something that you would be like, hey, maybe we can like, talk this over later. Yeah. I,
0: I like that she says that and then he's like, no, we can't talk it over later. I have to do the grand gesture and the giant sign is so awkward. Uh, and I love the revelation of so it, revelations on revelations, people, not only did Lucy ultimately help provide the loan that kept the hotel in business? Surprise, surprise. Nick is the one who left the map Yeah. Next because time. he wanted Next to time. see her again. And then, of course, we get the joke that I really liked where she says, well, you could have just asked me out on a date. You know, <laughs> we... Uh, yeah next time uh and and at first yeah. it, it seems that <laughs> I mean,
1: like she's not gonna I love, respond so yeah, to him says, I love and you. i think somebody just whispers back, to him they're, they're, they say again. try like, again i love you and then she says nothing, <laughs> which i thought was funny and then she comes down the stairs oh and then we have the the love him back chant yeah <laughs> right wait
0: I love that chant because so she's not responding it's all very awkward and then I don't know if yeah. it's Nadine or Amanda but I think it's one of her friends that but shouts also, love him back like really and then everybody starts chanting it like and that's what gets her down the stairs face to face don't with him
1: should like be the one who says no to a public engagement it's her friends who are starting the chant and encouraging her. And it's not like the entire gallery is like super behind it, like forcing her to do it. We have the grand effect of the entire gallery chanting, but the camera only ever stays on our main cast that we have a personal connection with. So yeah, at this point in the moment, it's a cute moment where her friends are saying, no, we, we know what you really want. We know we're encouraging you to just, Just do it. Just, yeah. And then she gives him a nice little speech that's very short, very sweet, but I like the moment where she kind of gets to be the guy in the relationship in terms of rom-com conventions. She grabs his shirt to pull him in, and then she gets to say, I love you too, but it's like a cute little moment of like, and I love you too, and then everybody celebrates, and it's, yeah, it's like that spot is typically the roles would be reversed where she would make a grand gesture and then he would be the one who's like okay I take you back and this one she takes him back but it's also like again it's a mutual thing and she's the one who makes the move pulls him in loves him back and uh, yeah it turns out he changed the name of the hotel to the heartbreak hotel or the broken heart hotel I want to call this movie heartbreak gallery every single time every single time i i hate the title of this movie broken heart gallery no heartbreak gallery yes <laughs> it's a
0: lot it's a lot of it's a lot of yeah, title to to swallow uh i don't know i mean they couldn't call it the museum of broken relationships they didn't think to call it the Heartbreak Gallery, which would have been more efficient than the Broken Hearts Gallery. But yes, he does name it the Broken Hearts yeah. Hotel. And it ends what a great moment. in your favorite way out to for end everyone. a romantic I mean, comedy.
1: Max, Everybody
0: fucking, has a great big party. Uh,
1: yeah. What a great moment. What a great ending. Yeah. oh
0: it was great yeah and then we get the bookend where we find out that um that Nick is preserving things from their relationship and there are things from the movie and then she says you don't need this stuff oh he's such a hoarder
1: okay I know you're gonna hate me for saying
0: this Ah, with that said though is there anyone that you could kill from this movie Are you gonna kill Lucy? God damn it! Yeah,
1: but they're. But <laughs> you Lucy see, well, your track record with manic Hill pixie dream girls of, is
0: kill them all. She's a character who's very positive, but Lucy positive, slid in
1: there, and her positive—it's not her quirkiness that infects other people; it's her positivity that that envelops other people to the point where they do want to see her succeed. When when her and Nick have that breakup scene. Like I said, he he doesn't lash out at her. He's like, alright, well you can keep the gallery. When the guy, the coffee guy says, hey, here's a free cup of coffee. I'll be at your gallery opening tonight. He says that as like, hey, you really helped me through a big time. I appreciate your support. So that to me is a huge difference between Amelie, who's like, ooh, TTT, I'm going to fiddle with people's shoes. Aren't I so quirky? <laughs> I hate Amelie. <laughs> yeah and so i am not going to kill Uh, it's funny
0: because i like amelie but everything you did was funny because because it's
1: true of bernadette peters like i i just i want to kill evil wolf just because i know who i I, i'm pretty sure who you're gonna kill so i just want to throw someone else out there but i thought that her character was just a little too generic for this kind of mo- like everything else in the okay. movie had some kind of cool millennial twist on it but this is the character who's like from rom-coms two ages ago two uh generations ago she she's just a little bit too bland however the reason why i want to kill her is just so i can point out the fact that she did have one of my favorite lines and moments in this movie, which is normally in a movie like this, whenever they bring up a celebrity, it just feels gross and like, "Oh, like we're making fun of Hollywood and da da da. But when she brings up Brad Pitt, she's like, "Oh my God, Brad Pitt just would not stop talking about architecture. oh my god and that that was a really funny moment that was so funny.
0: <laughs> that feels very real i would not be surprised if that, if but that. yeah it wasn't like problem. oh he went on and on
1: about his kids or, you know they didn't make it handsome obvious brad pitt that that
0: was a good line of, i like that one uh, too
1: roast joke it was just an out of nowhere like brad pitt architecture there you go uh but who are you gonna kill yeah
0: Mm, i mean i guess i have to kill max because he really disrespected my girl um but if i killed him then we wouldn't get the beautiful breakup scene between him and her which i thought was very amicable and you know he kind of she got to break up with him on her own terms which i really liked um, but probably him because, yeah, I really don't yeah, like was really skeezy. Guys I like to play the um, ride on the coattails I like to play women the benefit of the and doubt, then game, take credit which for is their where success. I will give
1: a character as much benefit of the doubt as humanly possible until there's like a moment where I'm like, Oh, you fucking character! Like, oh, fuck you, Max. But like, for the first. 30 minutes of the movie when it's clear that he's, like, kind of scummy, I was like, all right, let me try to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he'll come back around, and he'll come back to her and say, like, hey, actually, we were really good together, but then in that moment, she'll realize, no, but no, like, he's just... (laughs) He's just a scumbag. Like, there's a a moment where it just becomes super clear that he... (laughs) He's just a total killable rom-com scumbag. Yeah,
0: uh, a perfect Bellamy. Well, I've
1: got the start of a horror movie, and so, so we can definitely. How go over was it turning uh, this into can, a we, horror maybe movie? Maybe you have some ideas on how to spice up my little things here, but I've done this once before. This is going to be an anthology film. And so possession dealt with cosmic horror, right? HP Lovecraftian adjacent. Oh, So in this movie, uh, we're going to have like a Cthulhu type character. Who's at a big gallery scene thing. And he's got five, People who are vying for the big gallery spot, but the it's not actually five people, it's five cinnabites, right? It's five Hellraiser monsters, it's it's five weird creatures who love pain and pleasure. Yeah, such gallery sites to show you. And so they throw on a show. And the show Such sights is, to show you these cinnabites have taken people. And created art exhibits out of the people. And so what we do is we we, we go through and we visit each person and each Cenobite as the Cenobite is like tortured this person and meant like it's kind of like um, like the more. The more torture they put on this person, the more juicier the other Cenobites find the art behind it, right? So they're like, oh, this person is in such pain. I love it. But it's all about heartbreak. And so the emotions that we're going to go through, the five short stories that we're going to go through are going to go through the five stages of grief. What is it? Of breaking up of grief. So we have denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And so those are going to be the five themes of our, our short stories. I don't have any information on what the short stories are going to look like, but, but we do have to have a sort of through line with the anthology. So at the beginning of the movie, we hype up the big man Cthulhu, right? And then we have this idea that there's a resistance within the art Cinebite community that wants to overthrow him because they don't like his art exhibits. They think they know better and that they could run the universe better. Um, but then uh, after in between some of our shorts, the plot to attack him fails, right? And then there's this big hubbubaloo at the gallery. And then we get another short story, but then they heighten up on... The security around Cthulhu, but then it turns out that whichever one of these we want to do, probably acceptance. The Cynibite who has created this art piece around acceptance and whatnot has created a person who whose love is able to overcome Cthulhu, and the way that he defeats Cthulhu and then takes over the gallery as the head gallery master is through his art and is not through pain, oh. but is through acceptance and all of that stuff. So it's just like a very cynical movie at first where it's like, yeah, let's put these characters through the ringer. Let's watch their heartbreaks and how they deserve to be in pain and how juicy the pain is. And then at the end, it's like, "Ah, maybe we can be nicer to people, but also they still do like torturing them. So it's like, it's like a cute Cenobite. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I'm thinking I'm thinking about yeah. what the what the five stories would be. I, I feel like very very right. tales from the crypt horror morality tales, like maybe denial yeah. is about a stalker who believes he's in a relationship with someone who's mm-hmm. never even met him. And then anger can be like that. Uh, there's a Roald doll horror story actually, where he uh, has this wife kill her husband with a frozen lamb shank, is in their and tummies. then she cooks it and feeds it to the investigators. So they never they never realize that the murder weapon was the thing that they just. It's in their tummies, their sweet little and tummies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and then and then I don't know what to do for sadness. Maybe or bargaining. Yeah, bargaining and depression. <laughs> um ooh, maybe bargaining can be about a couple that hires hitmen to kill each other and then the hitmen keep Trying to pawn off the hit on other people. This is actually something that happened in real life. Like they were able to catch this this assassination plot because the hitmen kept right. outsourcing the job to other hitmen. And it just became this ladder of each one bargaining down to say, All right, I, I don't want to actually like kill good, him. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna hire somebody else to kill him, but for less money. And then I'll just take the, I'll take the difference. So I, I think yeah, I think that would be a great short. And then for depression, yeah. ooh, um, maybe a serial killer who's really obsessed with his dead girlfriend.
1: I don't know. Yeah, that and keeps one's a very trying to look
0: for girls who the, look like her.
1: Um and play. then man, so acceptance. Would, would have I don't know how to do too, that. Kind
0: of. That would be a crazy one. Yeah. What if acceptance is about the Cenobites or one of the Cenobites? Like acceptance ties directly into the Cenobite right, story. Right. And maybe acceptance I is have. the origin. Don't, I, you don't know, do when it, it comes to the Hellraiser franchise, it's really one and two where I live. Yeah. I haven't gone further, but I know that in some of the. Pin, I know in some of the other Hellraiser movies I, I've heard enough bad <laughs> things to think that my Hellraiser experience is better without them, but they get in they get in.
1: Yeah, one <laughs> of them definitely <laughs> No pun
0: intended. Ha <laughs> ha. Um but does become uh don't a little they bit get into Pinhead's origin in Some
1: of them, yeah. It's
0: don't they Terminator 2 him?
1: Whatever. <laughs> But also, it wouldn't be a horror franchise if you didn't have five-plus sequels that were just garbage sequels. Right,
0: so yeah. Uh, and and just just wait. There's going to be an HBO limited series eventually. <laughs> HBO or Netflix will probably do some kind of crazy... Hellraiser series, and we'll get Um, Nicole Kidman as uh, um, Julia. Oh, that would be great, though. I'm all for it.
1: Probably for the best, but
0: yes, I I say keep it keep it buried. I I like the anthology concept. I'm trying to remember. The last time you did that, yeah. I feel like you may have done it a couple times, I but I remember you one. doing it for. Um, yeah, was it for the
1: women? Um, how about you? Which which route did you go down? <laughs> I liked it.
0: See, remember when we talked between recordings and I said, "Oh, oh great. I'm going to use this extra time to polish off my remix." Yeah, I thought maybe I and could gonna on my I'm going to actually take the remix stories, that I didn't did work very hard <laughs> on and, you know, expand it. I-, I didn't do any of that. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs>
0: Right, right. I did I did add some kills. I, I made a list of convenient kills because, you know, ultimately a horror story is as strong as its kill scenes. Um, but uh, when we had that scene with the woman who assaults right. Nick and she says, being a woman's like being in a Nobody Believes Me movie, I thought, well, clearly I got to do a Nobody right. Believes Me movie. I like it. So Motel I Hell, yeah. called it Hell is a Hotel. Motel Hell's already been taken. You know, Hell has been a teenage girl in the past and other people. So why not make Hell a hotel? Uh, so Lucy has a psychological condition where she has extreme paranoia and thinks that everyone is trying to kill her. Uh, And she's working on it in therapy and getting to a point where she can successfully talk herself out of her paranoia. But then Lucy begins working for Nick, a hotelier renovating an old YMCA into a boutique hotel. (laughs) Or so he says. Nick is in reality a crazy fan of H.H. H. Holmes, who is the famous serial killer from Chicago who would draw people into his hotel and murder them. Real person. So Nick wants to be just like Holmes. You know what I just realized would be really funny is if that were on the surface where he said, oh, yeah, I want to turn this... old YMCA into a tribute to HH Holmes and all the true crime fanatics are going to be into it. So there can be this whole double story where everybody thinks like, Oh, isn't it so funny how this guy wants to do an HH Holmes hotel. And we're just sick (laughs) enough millennial true crime addicts that we don't see this as like a huge red flag. I just realized that would be funny. Uh, And As Lucy helps him with the construction of the hotel, she begins to notice all of the attributes that just clearly mark it out as a murder hotel. Oh, what's the problem, though? Nobody believes her. Uh, And Nick ends up being able to use her condition as a shield as he systematically eliminates all of the people around her. So kill scene ideas. Maybe Nadine takes a girl to the yeah. hotel for a sexy rendezvous, but when they open the door to a random room, they fall into a pit. Very jollo. Uh, and then maybe Lucy's ex, Max, comes to the hotel to find her, and then Nick traps him in the incinerator. Uh, ooh, and then, of course... We've got to have the friends that do start to believe Lucy. Like maybe she catches a break Mm -hmm. and Amanda and Jeff are just starting to believe there, but they, they have to go to the hotel themselves. Just like in midnight meat train, when they have to go to his apartment, Uh, they find Nick's stalker collage. Cause (laughs) <laughs> Every Shira horror remix has a collage where a character walks up to a wall <laughs> and sees a bunch of pictures of somebody in a, with a wide zoom lens. Uh, it's one of my favorite thriller movie moments. Uh, and maybe he gases them. Like, wouldn't it be <laughs> cool if Nick shows up in a gas mask and it's like, what is he doing here? Why is he wearing that? Poisoned. Um, so now... All Lucy has left is her new friend and Nick's contractor, Marcos. He seems to believe her. Uh, by the way, I thought it yeah. was hilarious. a hilarious callback yeah. to another romance movie when Marcos and uh, Lucy do the, I wrote you every day. You wrote me every day thing from the notebook. It's just, I, I thought that was a really hilarious moment. But so it's just it's just Marcos now. And he seems to believe her. They're going to go look for Amanda and Jeff. But then Marcos reveals he's known all along that Nick is a killer. But he has invested too much money into the hotel to ruin its launch. Lucy's got to go. So we've got a whole scream scenario where it's a two-on-one. They're chasing Lucy. Yeah. But then Nick stabs Marcos. Well, why would he do that? Nobody's got. Nobody can know. Nobody can know all the secrets of the hotel. And Marcos and Lucy are the two people who know too much. They both got to go. So now we're in the full climactic cat and mouse phase of the movie. Both Nick and Lucy have complete knowledge of the hotel and utilize its many hiding places and spy holes and fake windows and paintings and shit and then, of course, Lucy eventually succeeds. She wounds right. Nick. Um, I don't know. Maybe we could have her stab him with a unicorn bookend, just for a nice vibes reference. Uh, where did it go? She gets out of the hotel, calls the police. Oh, man. Sequel setup. You know, H H. Holmes Nick's body nowhere he, to be he, found. When
1: he was hanged or whatever, he actually convinced where the, did it go? The prison guard who was watching his cell to swap places with him, and then his. His his coffin was like cemented in cement, like it, it was encased in cement what? so that no one can dig up his body to see if it's really him. It's crazy. Cause apparently he was such a master manipulator that he could convince a prison guard to die for him. I don't know. That's uh that's on the internet, so take it take it as you will. It's a story. Is that real or
0: is that an urban legend? Oh, what if the movie reveals, like, what if the movie, this movie takes advantage of that urban legend and we find out that H.H. Holmes was Nick's great grandfather, great great grandfather. I don't know how early the world's fair is in relation to the time we're living now. Yeah. Um but I think it's more than yeah, more than a generation like a, back. Holmes yeah, couldn't be his grandfather, they, but possibly his where great-great the
1: grandfather and and Nick, the great-grandfather and Nick team up because maybe he's got he's got demon powers. Sure, why not. <laughs>
0: Well, Lucy is definitely the final girl in this franchise. So the sequel could be at a seaside resort. And you know how trailers like to set up movies by putting like a random sound in between scenes. And then the sound increases in frequency. And for this, it'll be like the bell for the concierge. So it's like, oh, Lucy, I just wanted a little vacation. Ding. i thought <laughs> yeah, the seaside report and then like you get closer to like the reveal it, that nick is still like alive his, and he's dressed like a bellhop
1: he'll and have then, to have ding, his ding, ding, ding ding in the first movie somehow maybe he touches a neon light and it breaks yeah <laughs> uh yeah
0: oh Totally. We're, we're totally. not just doing one yeah. movie
1: at a time anymore. We're knocking out I, I,
0: I think we just set up an entire franchise. <laughs> yeah. Hell,
1: hell is a Hotel oh, yeah. 4. Uh, ho- hell is a Hotel, hotel 5 vacancy. will definitely
0: take place in space. <laughs> 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 is a hotel six <laughs> h2o <laughs> oh we have fun here oh, all right before we get into love bites just want to remind all of you that you can email us at necromancer at gmail.com we wish that you will subscribe sub, sub, i cannot say that word you're gonna just have to forgive me you will subscribe you will rate us you will reach out to us if you like us and follow us on all the social medias at necromancer well, pod
1: i if you have no so idea that what
0: leaves us does, with like our me. love bites by all what would you news, like to recommend do not this week, watch Brad?
1: the hbo show veep because veep is such a great have you ever seen it Oh, she's so good. Veep is the the magic of Veep. I, it's on my it's list of shows to politics. watch. I
0: do love Julia but Louise. Unlike Warfuss. the
1: West Wing, they don't ever get into actual politics. These are characters who have to skirt both sides of the aisles. So anytime someone comes up and says, we need to get rid of jobs for oil, you have another character coming up and Perfect. saying, we need to keep all the oil jobs. Because it's all about perception and all that. So Julia Louis Dreyfus is perfect. She's so perfect as Selena Meyer. Her delivery, her physical comedy, just she is perfectly calibrated to the to the type of um, like cynical insult humor that is throughout this show. Because I watched in the loop the movie, but I didn't like that movie, but. The thing that I really like about Veep is that you really get to know the characters throughout the show. So there's the cast is amazing in this show. And is I don't think that's Topanga, it's my girl. Yeah.
0: Topanga's yes. on the show, uh, right?
1: She's she's wonderful in this show. You've got, um,
0: Oh wait! We've oh, it's my girl. It's a I great got them show, confused. But
1: Tony Hale definitely stands out as her assistant, <laughs> who everyone else in the show is very cynical and hotshot, and like, oh, your mustache yeah, looks like he would. You gave Chester Cheeto a mustache ride, or you know, like because one character dies, his mustache red, and so like they they're just making fun of each other. They're insulting each other. They're all selfish. Horrible human beings. Who only care about self-preservation. But the show is very funny. Um, but Tony Hale. Is like. He just loves Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So much. And he's just there for her. And his. like It's just so great to see his character stand out. And him as an actor. Stands out. So Veep. Veep is just a tremendously funny show. Um. And yeah, like there's there's a little bit of continuity to it. But like I said, there's no real like in one moment, she will have a career devastating um, controversy happen. But then like in the next episode, it's like, oh, yeah, we moved on past that. It's like, yeah, politics moves fast. So it's like, you know, you get to have these big moments, but also you get to have multiple seasons of a show. (laughs) So it's fun. Um. Yeah, Veep, great show. How about you? What's your love bite?
0: Nice. Well, last week I recommended Letter Kenny, and I continue to prescribe TV shows for the heartbroken. If you are emotional, sad, bored, just binge a TV show. It's it is I think it's a valid response to the stresses of modern life. And because I love Geraldine Viswanathan, I, I would like to recommend a little show called Miracle Workers. All right, yeah. Now, what's Miracle Workers about? Well, it's it it changes every season. The first season, Geraldine Viswanathan and the boy formerly known as Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe, play a pair of angels, and they're trying to stop God from basically canceling Earth. So that's season one. And the fun thing about Miracle Workers is they reset the board with every season. So the first season, you have the whole plot of the angels in heaven and God. Second season takes place in this almost Blazing Saddles esque satirical version of medieval times. <laughs> Same actors again: Daniel Radcliffe, Geraldine Viswanathan. I really hope I'm saying her name correctly. Uh, and now the most said, recent season, they're on the Oregon Steve Trail. Steve Buscemi is all. Is it Buscemi or Bis- I don't know if that's Buschemi. right? Is it Bruschetta or Bruschetta? Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, just know that I think that I'm an equal opportunity fuck up when it comes to names, Steve Buscemi included. He's also on the show, also hilarious. Uh, I really feel like this show doesn't get enough attention for how clever and funny it is. Uh, so I would highly recommend Miracle Workers to anyone who watched this movie yeah, and it, thought, "I'm looking. At I think right this actress is cool. awesome, and I do. And like how, I want to see more
1: of her I stuff. Mean, the, watch the this show." It, but I do like how they Yeah, I like how there's a lot of shows now that do that premise of like, "Yeah, here's one season. We're done. We're gonna it's do an do anthology season, show. But it's just going to be loosely related thematically." So yeah i like that that's cool it looks funny
0: it's the ryan murphy effect two funny shows to last you through the weekend and beyond all right folks well, the Broken Hearts Hotel. What song would Big Daddy closed. Mars
1: sing at Murder? How Cariology? would
0: Big Daddy Mars uh, <laughs> tell people to go?
1: Uh Don't Break My Heart. My Oh yeah,
0: what would he sing?